Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Thank you, Stephen A. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions. That's what I'm going to do for you. That's why I created Money Making Conversations. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. My next guest, wow, is Tamron Hall. Her popular syndicated show, which has been renewed for a third season, Tamron Hall Show, that she executive produces, is a daily destination for viewers to connect with people shaping our lives through meaningful, engaging, and entertaining conversations that help, heal, and inform during these uncertain pandemic times. This year, she won the Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Informative Talk Show Host for her first season. Wow. Tamron Show continues to be a conversational starter. Past guests include... My man, Steve Samuel Jackson, Melissa Etrid, David Arquette, Tyra Banks, Nelly, Michael Fishman, Chris Evans, and stars like my girl Nene Lakes, among others. The second season, Tamron Hall has been even bigger and more informative. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Tamron Hall. It's so good to be with you. <laughs> hey, Tamron, did, did I set you up right? You know, you, you're doing so much. I just say I got to get the intro right, got to get the flow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you did better than Wikipedia and my mother. So you're good. You're well, good. Let's, let's set intro. this straight. I'm a Texas boy, born and raised in Houston, Texas. So I know your background from Texas as well. So how's life treating you right now? Being an Emmy Award winner. You know what? Uh, being Life picked up is for a third good, season. all things considered. You know, mm-hmm. it's so hard, Rashawn, to answer that question these days, as you know, because mm-hmm. it's with everything that's happening in the world and, and all of the difficulties and challenges. It's, mm-hmm. it, you don't want to say I, I'm great, but all things considered, I'm good. My family's healthy. My son right. is healthy. And I have this show and a platform just like you to use our voice in the right way. Well, it's really important. I know, you know, I launched uh, Steve Harvey's talk show in 2012. And I was with him for five years on in Chicago. And I, in fact, we met a couple of times uh, when New York went up to Today Show and all those good things. So I know the difficulties of doing a talk show. And people don't understand it, five days a week, the preparation. Can you just tell people uh, the difficult nature, the preparation that you have to get into to do a 42 minute show at least five days a week? I, I mean, I know people are going to say, are you kidding me? But I'll say it is like preparing for the NBA finals every day. It is. It really is. It is. It is. I mean, it's no joke. You have got to constantly mm-hmm. focus on the moment, focus on the guests. It's rewarding because I'm so proud of the conversations that we've been able to have on the show um, from a frank, candid conversation Mm-hmm. about women of color and white women conversations mm-hmm. on being non-binary and or what that means to having Andrew Gillum and his wife, Tamar Braxton, all of these different people who've come on and opened up um, to me and to the show and to the people watching at home. And I think to your point, it is a, it is the hardest job I've ever had. I mean, I it thought, is. you know, being at the today show for, you know, three hours and then running over and hosting an hour at MSNBC and then on the weekend shooting deadline crime. I thought that was a difficult package. This daytime talk show 
because most important, it has my name. Right. Um, and that is my stamp, if you will. That's what people, you know, see it's if something goes right or wrong, it's the Tamron Hall show. And so that bears a big responsibility, bringing my staff back mm-hmm. um, during the pandemic safely and implementing um, safeguards to keep the show back on air. Those are all big responsibilities I never could have prepared myself for because we didn't know we were going to be in a pandemic. Right. But yes, out, just on a basic level, as you know, a daytime daily talk show is not easy. I mean, Oprah has said it to me. We had Tyra Banks on the <laughs> show as well. And they both have commented on the, just how hard it is and to be a new mom on top of that. Right. Oof, it's grueling. Well, you know, let's talk about uh, before we even get more into the talk. So I try to do a little extra research and uh, find interesting things. And I went to your Instagram account and I saw something said the Purple Leash Project. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what exactly is that and why is that important to you? Because it's on your Instagram account. Yeah, it is, it's a partnership that I had earlier uh, this year with Purina. Mm-hmm. And the, the concept is we talk a lot about domestic violence as it relates to family and children. And mm-hmm. I think to your point, since you've done your research, you know that my sister was a victim of domestic mm-hmm. violence. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, parts of of this crisis that is not often discussed is, is, are the families who stay or women who stay in homes with abusers because they don't want to leave their beloved pet behind. Right. And they stay in the situation. It's difficult to imagine, but it happens on a scale that you could not and, and would not believe right now there are so many shelters willing to of course take in women and children but they don't have the room or the accommodations for pets and we are working to get the number up to around 25 percent by the year 2025 25 percent of the shelters in the, in the country um, so that they can accommodate people who are fleeing dangerous homes and bring their pets with them. I toured, you know, you talk about this being Texans. I was in Dallas, Fort Worth a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. I went to a, a shelter for families um, and they had an area for the pets. I couldn't believe that it was packed. Wow. Each little, you know, cage had a pet, a family member in it, you know, and I say family members because for so many of us, our pets are family members. So I, I partnered with Purina to bring attention to that component of the domestic violence conversation. Right. And it's really important. That's why I wanted to bring it out because I, I try to bring up things organically. And and also, uh, you know, this, this episode is going to air before November 30th. And I noticed a real fun contest uh, about the, the Tam Fam Thanksgiving contest where you submit a short video on your Instagram account telling Tamron what you're so thankful for. And I wanted to promote that in my newsletter. I say that's so cute. So the, the reason I like your show so much is that you, you, you feel organic and you feel related. And the Tam Fam Thanksgiving contest seems to line itself right up there, you know, giving people who need money two for $250 right now during the pandemic and no stimulus package is a lot of money right now. Absolutely, it is. And, you know, and it's for us any opportunity to share the love and to give people just a little thank you. Obviously, you know, you can't bribe viewers to watch. You still have to put on the content and bring the conversation and bring them things that they want to talk about. But for us, any opportunity to remind people that family matters. We were just saying the other day, you know, you won't be able to have dinner with those 
that you love, but that doesn't mean you still can't enjoy a good meal. So we're even doing a recipe, bring in some of your favorite recipes and send them to the Tamron All Show. I'm making my mama's banana pudding. I can't be with okay, her. Hold on, hold on, it breaks now. my heart. But is it a but, baked banana know, pudding? We know we'll be together soon. And, and so for us, it's just about having fun when we can, mm-hmm. you know, embracing the tough days, but, you know, hanging on to the great joyful days as well. Now, when you when you talk about family, and that's what Thanksgiving really is all about, and and you see the COVID just flying off the charts right now, and like I had a big celebration I was going to do in my office. I do it every year. I do a big celebration for my staff, for people in the business in Atlanta, and uh, and on Monday I was going to do that Monday of Thanksgiving. I'm, I told my staff today, I don't think I'm going to do it this year because of COVID nineteen. How has that? I know your show went virtual, but personally, how did it affect you, and how you been able to? Give the message out to the to your to your viewers or your to your followers on Instagram. What responsibility you feel you play in all that, Tamara? I mean, well, listen. When our show first halted production mid May because the city shut down, mm-hmm. we started doing the show from my home, mm-hmm. and the entire rest of the season, honestly, was focused on the pandemic and right. the crisis and educating people and letting people know that. While, yes, we are a daytime talk show, at my core, I'm a reporter for 30 years. Right. One of the most life-changing interviews that I've done was with a woman whose husband, they were just recently married, and he went into the barbershop to get a haircut. He contracted COVID and died. And she pled with people on our show, please, a haircut, a nail appointment is not worth it. And that was just as Atlanta was about to reopen gradually against the wishes of the mayor um, who was concerned that we didn't know enough about, you know, the spread and and that people would be packing into beauty salons and hair salons. Um, And so here was this amazing woman in the midst of her pain, sharing that warning, particularly for African-Americans and people of color who were contracting and dying at a disproportionate rate. So those are the parts of the show where the responsibility kicks in and one that we recognize is real. It's really interesting because, and you're absolutely right, I've been when the pandemic first hit, and like everybody, I didn't know what to do, Tamara. You know, I, I went out to Home Depot, I had, my, I had my gloves, I had my Pirel, I had my mask, and, and when I went into the into the Home Depot, I, I didn't know if to, uh, do, I, do I spray the cart that I'm pushing, or when I come out, do I take my gloves off? It really was an uncomfortable moment for me. I just locked in. I just stayed in my place. And now, I go out, I'm safely going out, you know, but I I'm a lot more comfortable with this new normal that we live in. And I feel that that's what's happening with you guys coming back to work. It's a new normal that we have to live in and deal with. Even though we're not comfortable, we have to deal with that world. And and then you raising a child in that whole environment is even more scary for you, right? Yeah, you know, but I try to, I'm a person of faith. I also am a person who believes in science like you. I'm sure (laughs) you know, but I I know that we'll get on the other side of this. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, we will be able to look back at it and hopefully become better people, stronger people. With my son, he's 18 months. I think about his generation and what we will be able to share with them um, regarding how we survived it, what we learned about ourselves. This, you know, I know the show talks about money and and how we have 
you know, what's really important? Did you really need the extra shoes? Do you really need the bigger this or the bigger that? Because at the end of the day, this situation made us strip down right. to what is important. Which is and awesome. And I hope our kids can learn from that. Well, let's get to this Emmy Award when you show that you host a daytime Emmy. And when you won, you know, it's a big deal. I got my two and I'm proud of my two. I got a couple of uh, 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 image awards to go along with it. What was your feeling when you won the Emmy for informative talk show? Oh my God, I never saw it coming. I never imagined it. I, you know, I was at home with my family. Well, you know right. how it feels. It's like, yeah, it's, of course, your name is in it and there's a part of you want to win, but you prepare yourself for, in my case, it's my first season. There's right. no way. Right. Um, you know, other shows, you know, The View is in it and this one's in it and there's just, that is not going to happen. Right. So I had accepted just the honor of being nominated in my first season as mm -hmm. my prize you know right. that's that was my win mm -hmm. and i had forgotten that it was even on i was home with my mother she was with us and my husband and my child mm -hmm. and i was getting ready to go to bed because it was late at night it was virtual and i was like okay I'm, i can't i'm too tired to stay up to watch and i got a call from my friends and and they said oh congratulations emmy winner and i'm like whatever what are you talking about <laughs> if you won i'm like what <laughs> so it was crazy. We were all screaming in my house. It was great. You know, it's just one of those things that happen that you don't expect. And it's such a source of pride, but it also reminds you to keep working. You know, that that's one stop. Now let's let's continue and let's prove that the Emmy you have is one that you've earned and deserve and you just keep going. That's why I compare it to, you know, being in the NBA finals. If it's one game, you're in and out. But it's a series, and you've got to win the series. And we look at it as winning the series. Congratulations. Here was a note I picked up. It said, Tamron Hall leaps and fall. The sophomore talker unleashed the largest leap of all syndicated shows in the season ending October 25th, skyrocketing 29% to a new season high, households and shooting up 33% in the key women 25 to 54 demo. That, yeah. you know, I've been in this game. I know what that means. That that's really, you know, you can't ask for to, to to come into the second season with that type of reaction. What are you doing? Is it just uh with the work you put in during COVID and not giving up and doing virtual to come back with those type of numbers, twenty nine percent leap and thirty three percent leap? You know, I think it's a combo of things. I think first of all, I learned in the first season to lean in, as they say, to who I am. Right. You know, again in TV. It, People will come in and they'll say, oh, that's a great idea, but let me change you. Wow. Or that's a great idea, but let's do this. I learned, especially during the pandemic, to own the idea and the intention of the show that I pitch and sold. Mm -hmm. I'm also lucky that I ended up with Candy Carter as my executive producer. She was the co-EP at The View, and she worked uh, with Oprah for 20-plus years mm -hmm. on uh, The Oprah Winfrey Show when it was in Chicago. And so Candy came, who, who, by the way, was introduced to me by Tyler Perry. She came with such a skill set of storytelling and she saw the vision and she agreed with the vision of talking with people. We didn't have to, you know, rush in a bunch of tricks and a bunch of things that just didn't resonate or matter. She and I said, we're going to lean in and we're going to have a conversation. We're going to give an entire hour to Andrew Gillum and his wife. Because people will sit down and watch it. You know, the, the notion that the attention span is so short that you have to just 
flood the show with 16,000 different topics. And, you know, we decided that we were going to bet on the idea that people would sit down for the hour and settle in and watch the show. And we've seen that resonate. We've seen people come in for the Tamar Braxton interview that we did exclusively and watch the entire interview, which was almost 40 minutes Mm -hmm. because it, it, it could have gone on even longer, to be honest with you. How do you have someone on with such a complicated situation and rush them in three questions and out? Right. And I think that happens far too often. And we decided that that was not going to be the lane we occupy. We were going to challenge the idea that people will sit down and they will have a conversation. It worked out in the kinds of guests we now get. We had Matthew McConaughey on for almost an hour of our show talking about his new memoir and revealing Mm -hmm. very intimate details about his life. Because I think people now know this is where I can go and I can have a conversation and also plug whatever I'm working on, but I can actually (laughs) come and talk. You know, Gabrielle Union, Dennis Quaid, Whoopi Goldberg, Eddie Falco, Kelly Reba, Ryan Seacrest, Venus Williams. That's a that's when I, when I, when I just talking to my listeners and viewers right now. When I say how difficult it is to go from a Tracy Morgan, who's very funny, you know, to a Venus Williams, which is one of the all time great tennis players, to a this is what we're talking about when we say the difficult nature of prepping and being emotionally engaged with your guests. That's the fascinating. That's 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 the most fascinating part about being a daytime talk show host, correct? And being renewed I for the third season. Congratulations! You know, listen, I felt that same way when I was in you know in the news business, um, which is incredible that you end up. Um, you know what's what's it's it's you can't make your day up. You right. know, as a reporter, I go in. I know the assignment that I'm going to have, but I can't tell you the twists and turns of that assignment. Where is it going to go? And with this show, it's the same way. You know, it, that's the exhilarating part. I sometimes I know the question I'm going to ask, but I have no idea how that person is going to answer the question. Mm-hmm. And that just sets the stage for an exciting day. And one that I think I just I leave exhilarated. I leave knowing more than I knew when I went in and right. sometimes even being inspired. Many times I should say being inspired. Now, you interviewed Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. And um, seeing her, her speak uh, before uh, President-elect uh, Joseph Biden um, moved me. I have a daughter. I have six sisters. I know how powerful and how uh, the black woman or the woman of color can. We expect a lot from you guys. And sometimes we you don't get a lot in return, especially in the Democratic Party. How moving was it and just seeing what she's doing and what she's accomplished, what you're accomplishing? Ms. Hall, right now in 2020, moving into 2021, what role do you play and what role and what 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 opportunity does Kamala Harris offer to women of color or children of color moving forward? I think so many. I mean, first of all, to black women and to families, um, it it is to see this woman, the most powerful woman now in America, a black woman, a woman of color. Mm-hmm. is huge. Um, th- this is as monumental, honestly, as Barack Obama's ascension to president mm-hmm. because cases like Breonna Taylor and Sandra Bland have largely made us feel that black women are not protected, are right. not heard, are not always valued. 
And I think seeing her guide her steps with great direction, with great ambition. She's not, um, uh, you know, she's a woman who attended an HBCU. She's, you know, an <laughs> AKA. All these things that she shines a light on now are incredibly powerful because, you know, honestly, the thing that distinguishes her from Barack Obama most is she has lived a black American experience in an urban city mm-hmm. of America. Mm-hmm. And I think that is powerful. Her relatability is different than his, both clearly inspiring, but very different. She grew up in Oakland. She right. went to Howard University, not right. an Ivy League, you know, traditional Ivy League school, but the Ivy League of black schools. Mm-hmm. And that is powerful. Well, also being a, a sorority, remember, like you said, of AKA, I'm a member of Omega Side Fire. I know, you know, you go there, that is like a kinship, a sisterhood, a brotherhood. Well, yeah. And like that's and true, there's the black experience. Know that exists. I mean, you know, I, again, I, I was a reporter many years when people think fraternity is sorority, they think of a frat house and John Belushi, you know, <laughs> something on a white campus and they've mm-hmm. got beer kegs and da da da, this stereotype, not knowing this incredible lineage and legacy mm-hmm. that exists within African-American HBCUs and sorority and fraternities. Now, would you, would you be in, would the show being renewed for a third season? Applause, 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 applause. Fantastic. Yeah. Being an Emmy winner for the first season, moving into a great start to the second season. What do we expect the upcoming shows to be? What is your goal now? You know, like you said earlier, being true to your voice, you know, you didn't want to be pigeonholed and being told what to do because, you know, you're learning yourself. And as you get through, you get more comfortable about this is what I want to do. This is my lane of confidence. What what is the show for the second season moving forward as it continues to grow? You know, I think it's just getting people. We have this catch line. We're talking to the people you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we are embracing and we're leaning in on that. But most important to me and for me is that folks who are at home watching know what they're getting. They're getting a real conversation. I hope they're getting smart questions. They're not getting you know, this idea that all we want is a steady diet of gossip and nonsense, you know, just to be honestly with you, that we are looking for substantive ways to make our lives better as people, as parents, you know, the the human experience is a common thread. At the end of the day, I don't want someone keeping me from my dreams. Right. I don't want someone you know, standing in my way. I want inspiration. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better daughter. I want to be a better mom. I want to be a better leader. And so that's a big part of what we talk about on our show, because that's what we all have in common. We want, I think, most of us to be the best. I'm not an inspirational speaker. I'm not a motivational speaker (laughs) like yourself, but I know people who are like you and get you on the show and tell us, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't I tell people all the time, listen, Iyala Van Zant fixes lives. I'm still trying to fix my own. So I'm not there for that. But I am there with my team of producers to bring in writers and 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 real people and actors who actually want to come on and have a conversation. Well, she is a motivating person. 
She is an inspiration. Sure is. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, no, no, I'm talking about you. You are a motivator. Oh, you are an inspiration. You. My daughter is 23, going on 24, uh, and she 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 admires you. She watches your oh. show. That's important because you're reachable. You know, you know what I'm saying, Miss Hall? You're reachable. That means you're an age where she can see that's not far away from me. I can go get that. Yeah. And that's what well, you that, give listen, to us. I love that. I tell the kids all the time, the ones I mentor, I said, I look forward to you replacing me. I've been replaced by some people that are questionable, but I look forward to you replacing me. Well, congratulations for the Emmy on the first season. Congratulations with the great rating start for the second season. Uh, congratulations on the renewed uh, pickup for the third season. Uh, knowing that you have a future, it only makes you stronger, makes you comfortable, let the world know and the industry know they accept the brand of Tamron Hall. Good luck with your show and every thank day. Thank you. And I'm going to push the, uh, the Tam Fam contest through November 30th when you can go to your Instagram account and you can win $250 by telling your inspirational story of why you are thankful. Tamron Hall, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. Thank you. <laughs> we talk soon. I appreciate you. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, me too. I appreciate you as well. Bye-bye. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversations interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.